You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I will uh, bring my guest on in just a second, but I wanted to hop on and welcome you to the podcast. If you have been listening to the show for a while, thank you so much for being a listener. I would love it so much if you don't mind leaving a review for us. It's the best way that you can say, you can see my part of my bedspread here. I'm recording this in my room. (laughs) keeping it real. Um, But if you could leave a review, it's the best way that you could say thanks for doing the show. It means the world. I read each and every one of them. So thank you in advance for doing that. Also, if you're listening to the show and you need some help with your health, you want to get some testing done, you feel like you're not getting answers from your doctor and you just know something's going on, I would be happy to work with you. We work with patients locally and all over the country. So you can check us out at shinenaturalmedicine.com. There's information on the website about how to be a new patient reach out to us and we are happy to help. So with that said, let's jump into the show and uh, talk all about SIRS. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Dr. Lauren Noel. I am your host of the Dr. Lowe Show. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I normally don't do a video, but my guest is really engaging. I saw him uh, speak recently and I was like, I want to put a face to a voice and I can hopefully use this uh, to create some clips because um, it's very, it's going to be a lot of beef on this show. You're going to get a lot out of it. Um, I wanted to make it understandable for those who aren't health practitioners because it's kind of a complicated topic, but um, Dr. Dorninger is really good about making things simple that are complex. So that's why I asked him to be on the show. So a little bit about my guest. Um, Dr. Dorn, and it's Dorninger, right? I know I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, that's I great. I worked on it. Okay. <laughs> he founded Roots and Branches Integrative Healthcare, a clinic dedicated to mystery illness, where he focuses on elucidating the underlying causes of unrelenting chronic illness. He's not concerned with what you have as much as he is why you have it, and has dedicated his professional life to a deeper understanding of differential diagnosis based in the tradition of remove obstacles to cure. He's a shoemaker certified doctor, so you can learn, learn more about that at survivingmold.com and has been serving the SIRS community, which is what we're gonna be talking about. So don't worry if you don't know if that is, uh, for nearly 10 years. In addition to his private practice, Dr. D teaches functional medicine weekends for Apex Energetics. Fun fact, I was their student rep years ago. Um, I've also had um, Dr. Uh, Krasin on the show and other, other practitioners who are very amazing in Apex. I love Apex, use them all the time for patients. Um, and he's a founding member of SIRSX, which is spelled C-I-R-S-X.com which is a community dedicated to the eradication of biotoxin illness. And he serves as director of research and development for Blue Sky CBD. So doc, welcome to the show. It's good to have you. Thanks for having me, Lo. Yeah. So so I was blown away when I went to your seminar. There was something that just told me I was supposed to be there and I couldn't register fast enough. I was super excited. I've been wanting to do the mastering the uh, functional blood chemistry analysis, which is a long name for basically how to read labs accurately and actually pull out the important information to help people and not just tell people you're normal and everything's fine and you feel like crap. 
So I love that training. Definitely practitioners, if you haven't attended those, highly recommend it, especially if you can see the one that, or go to the ones that Dr. Dorninger teaches. Um, but I, I think part of why I was supposed to go there is to learn about SIRS. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was the missing piece for my own health uh, journey. And I know that you yourself have dealt with it and healed from it and your family and all that kind of stuff. So I definitely want to, you know, dive into some of the personal experience that you've had and then get more into what SIRS is. Yeah. So it was awesome to have you at the conference. And I felt like I met a long lost sister who really gives a, a darn about helping to get people better. And you've had some of my juggernauts on the program. You've had Dr. Datis Karazian, who's a good friend and top five influences in my career. Dr. Lisa Alshuler, although I don't do integrated oncology, the way she does peer-reviewed um, uh, care for her patients and makes it literally the oncologist looks like an idiot if they don't follow her treatment program because it's all referenced in the treatment plan on reprodu reproducible uh, uh, published evidence for why she's mixing certain natural things with chemotherapeutics and radiation, et cetera, to, to make sure the, the patient survives and the cancer doesn't. Um, and then Eric Yarnell, who we just had talk at the Colorado Association of Naturopathic Doctors, and my kidney game has gone up tenfold. Yeah. <laughs> and I think all of us got into medicine and particularly naturopathic medicine because of the principles and uh, particularly the therapeutic order. I was riding with the ambulance, got really interested in emergency medicine and emergency medicine makes sense to me. It's, uh, but the job of the ER is to make sure you don't die today. And they're really, really good at that. But then they just discharge you back to your chronic illness. And the reason I went to Bastyr and, and became a naturopath is that first principle of remove obstacle to cure, which is also known as identify and treat the underlying causes. So yeah. a lot of holistic and functional medicine is very good at, at, at diet and lifestyle. You know, step two, reestablish healthy regimen. Tonify the vital force, which is Wim Hof breathing, acupuncture, a good homeopathic remedy to push the innate healing forward, uh, tonify systems, targeted supplementation, um, correct structural integrity. If your ribs out, go get an adjustment. Drugs and surgery is step six. Um, and there are miracle drugs like well-called cholestyramine that literally treat the underlying causes of biotoxin illness. But people were missing step one, identify and treat the underlying causes. So I think what I'd love to do to start with your listeners is what you should expect as a healthcare experience when you're going to resolve a mystery illness or a chronic illness is your doctor sits down with you, does an A through Z on your life, your family history, prior labs and imaging, chief complaints, medical history. And then at the end of that hour or two or three, that's how it, how long it takes to do things right. Not a seven minute wham, bam, visit with your primary care who says, just keep an eye on that. Or that just happens to women your age. Or, oh, we see that all the time. I had one family with uh, whose kids had bacterial pneumonia three times from a water damage building, moldy building. And they, the diagnosis was, you're just the most unlucky family ever. I'm like, no, they're not. Lucky. They have SIRS. And that's why they keep getting pneumonia. But it's a, it's a differential diagnosis. And at the end of that two hours, your doctor should say, okay, you have migraine headaches for nine years. We did a brain MRI. It's not a glioblastoma. It's not a tumor, right? Uh, well, what is it? It could be this. It could be that. It could be those. We have 150 reasons for a migraine headache. Guess what I have to look at? All 150. You know, I'm a madam God in science, but I don't have a mainline to, to God or a crystal ball to tell me which one of those it is. 
So then you have to do validated and keyword is validated because there's a lot of fad labs out there in the world of holistic medicine, validated labs and imaging to say, my guesses are right or my guesses are wrong. And that's why we love Dr. Shoemaker so much in regards to biotoxin illness, also known as chronic inflammatory illness, incorrectly called mold toxicity. It's a disease of immunoreactivity. That's why a husband and a wife can live in the same building. The one uh, spouse is fine. The other one is sick as heck. Even though they're in the same mold toxicity, one is having cytokine storms, immunoreactivity, the other is not. That's why it's not called mold toxicity illness. It's called chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And Dr. Shoemaker set up a strict diagnostic criteria. I'm supposed to have you do a visual clustered symptoms test, which you can find on survivingmold.com that, that stares at blurred lines to see if my optic nerve is lit up with inflammatory cytokines like complement 4A, where I can no longer see blurred lines well. You do a clustered symptoms list, which is asking 37 symptoms arranged into 13 groups or clusters. If you're eight of 13 clusters or more as an adult, you're supposed to move on with the Shoemaker Labs. If you're 11 years old, excuse me, if you're under 11, it's six of 13 or more. And then you have to have uh, a medical history of biotoxin exposure. That could be eating a bad fisteria-laden clam in, out of Chesapeake Bay, having um, uh, ciguatoxin off of a reef fish in, in Puerto Rico or Chilean sea bass. That could be swimming in cyanobacteria in Lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire. That could be water damage building molds, uh, water damage building bacteria known as actinomycetes, sewer gas, uh, recluse spider venom, Lyme, and co-infection not only need to be killed with something like doxy, but they also need to mop up the tick biotoxin and injects in certain genetics to trigger inflammatory cytokines. So, so the reason we're getting the results we are with our mystery illness patients is we slow it down and we say, you're not here for what you have. You already know that. Hey, I have chronic fatigue syndrome. Did your doctor just tell you you're tired all the time when your doc when you told your doctor you're tired all the time syndrome? So annoying. Really? Ugh. Right. So we should be getting paid as a healthcare system, whether it's insurance or cash pay practice, to say, I'm here to elucidate why. Mm -hmm. And from one ND to another, we know that wonderful concept, total load in naturopathic medicine, which means it's not a straw that broke the camel's back, but it's the straws that broke mm -hmm. the camel's back. And sometimes there's a big straw like SIRS or a tooth abscess or, or gluten in a celiac patient. And sometimes there's micro straws like vitamin D deficiency and, and you know, you're, you're making um, mild antibodies to corn. And every time your body eats corn, it thinks it's the flu and you wind up a global inflammatory response and gives you a headache. But you also drank last night and then you didn't get enough sleep and, and you didn't hydrate and your blood sugar's off. Now you got a raging headache, right? So, so total load is Americans like things clean and linear, and so do I. But human ex existence is sloppy, it's nuanced, it's messy, and it needs attention to detail to say, here's my guesstimates, my highly educated guesstimates, but my poop still stinks. And I wanna do validated labs and imaging to say I'm right or I'm wrong. And all the yeses, it is your story, become your three to five page explanation known as your actual diagnosis that sets up an accurate treatment plan that saves time, money, and energy, which is very limited in our chronically ill. And all the no's become things we don't waste time, money, and energy on anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's why, um, that's how I got to SIRS. There was a whole bunch of patients in my practice in 2013 who were getting better and it was exciting. 
And when the big flood came, we got 16 inches of rain in seven days. There, the, the, the flat irons and Colorado soil doesn't absorb water well. Our streets turned into rivers wow. and all the college kids, you know, from CU Boulder were biking down the streets and it was fresh water. Then all of a sudden the water got so deep, it clogged all the, the, the city sewers, the poopy water, and the water started changing uh color and now these kids are biking around with brown wrinkle neck trout if you know what i'm saying they're, they're, mm -hmm. there's neighbor johnny's poopies <laughs> floating down the down the stream and i'm like i don't know if you guys want to be in that exposure but not because i knew surge just because i know things like like bacteria and sewer systems are, are problematic and those patients who were getting better with us got worse then there was a handful of patients about uh 10 20 who were never getting better in our practice and they went from not getting better to worse, worse. Mm -hmm. I said, what the heck is this? And I had this lovely but crazy phlebotomist who would give me a new healthcare thing every week. This was the new fad. Then that was a new fad. And she gave me Dr. Shoemaker's Mold Warriors and his first book. And I kind of just threw it on the side. And, and I said, you know, this is just another one of her things, you know, next right. week be, you know, uh, dowsing and the next week it's the next thing. And then it's, you know, I'm supposed to wear crystal earrings and, right. and, you know, <laughs> and it was like that kind of relationship where I didn't like poo poo her, but it's only so much time in the day to dive into ideas and medical research and all that stuff. And I cracked that book. And I, I got online and on the same internet search on mold, I, I read, if you have um, aspergillus and ketomium molds in your basement, put an onion in your basement, it will attract the spores. That's what oh. once they said. And actually now what I know about mold, actually, no, onions are great mold food. They will propagate the mold and make your basement problem worse. Oh and gosh. the other part was survivingmold.com, which is surviving mold in concert with SirsX.com is where we host all the honest peer-reviewed uh, reproducible literature and conference talks on how you get better if your underlying cause was SIRS. So I'll never forget, I went to the Starbucks that I rarely go to, and it was like five in the afternoon. I was like, I read two pages of that Mold Warriors before I left the office. I was like, I got to get home. And I just called my wife. I was like, I'm going to be late. I'm going over this Starbucks. I think I might. I got to eat some brain candy. I'm sorry. Brain candy. And I <laughs> And I ordered um, what I used to order back at Bastyr and CU pre-med, which was a large double bag peppermint tea. And I just sucked on that peppermint tea and chapter three of Mold Warriors is where he goes into all the biochemistry. And things like UBOs, unidentified bright objects, white matter lesions that are not periventricular. The ventricles are the caves where water bathes. Dr. Lowe knows this, but for the listeners, where, where cerebral spinal fluid bathes your brain and para like parentheses around a sentence, paraventricular is where you see those white matter lesions in MS. And if the radiologist doesn't see those white matter lesions in the paraventricular region, you're not MS. They don't know what to do with you, but you have lesions in your white matter, mm -hmm. right? And they usually call it ischemic vessel disease, which means you're not getting enough blood flow from like a clogged carotid and atherosclerosis. We do carotid ultrasounds and heart scans on every patient. And these patients were coming in with UBOs, unidentified bright objects, with no carotid plaque, with no uh, calcium, no, no 
uh, calcified uh, plaque atherosclerosis in their coronary arteries. Like it's not from lack of blood flow. You can get there with severe low blood pressure, hypotension. Like what is this quote unquote um, unidentified bright objects, these scattered white matter lesions that's not due to lack of blood flow and it's not in the MS region of the brain. It's freaking SIRS. Wow. And that was all in chapter three. And so it was like a moment in the matrix where Neo gets chipped and I go, I can figure out all these things. I wasn't figuring out. And, and that's when I, when I learned myself and my family were all in SIRS, you know, my wife and I were fighting all the time, agitated, not generous, shut down, fatigued. My wife would, would sleep 10 hours, wake up, have maternal guilt and professional guilt, try and get oh. Something done, get the kids out of school, then go back to bed for a two to three hour nap. I was eating one to two bars of dark chocolate to to get through my day, just to make two nickels of dopamine to to do this intense job we have of being responsible to get results for the chronically ill, and 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 just went whoop, and I have sirs right, and I, <laughs> and I didn't I didn't uh, guarantee that because I didn't do the strict diagnostic laboratory diagnosis, which is not peeing into a cup uh, and looking for urinary mycotoxins and looking for inflammatory markers is look for a specific inflammatory markers. We'll go into that. Mm -hmm. And that's, so I called up um, Deb Wadner, who's Dr. Shoemaker's assistant for 39 years. He found her working at a deli in Pocomoke, Maryland, uh, almost 40 years ago and said, you seem pretty smart. Why don't you come work for me? She's collated all of that genius's data into peer reviewed publications. She is an unsung hero, but I called her up and I signed up for Dr. Shoemaker's Shoemaker certification, which is what you need to do if you want to become Shoemaker certified and say, I went in front of the firing squad of intense, scary Dr. Shoemaker, um, a Duke University old school medical doctor who would say things to me like, Eric, we already talked about that. You need to read and remember. You need to read and remember. And I'd be like, <laughs> Dr. Shoemaker, I really care about patients and I've been SIRS. Ah, <laughs> my kids. And I don't know how to remediate mitigate a house. And everyone who owns a fan claims they're a mitigator. I'm so lost and confused, you know, but he was having none of it. He has the expectation of excellence for any provider who wants to carry his work forward. And he deserves that because yeah. it's very simple on one level and very complicated on another level. And as mm -hmm. a blue collar kid with white collar education opportunities, I'm lucky that I wasn't scared of buildings and we built skate ramps and I built wheelchairs for, for um, some, some underserved disenfranchised in the Appalachians growing up. And my mom was a saint and liked to care about people. My dad's an Austrian immigrant butcher with crazy work ethic and we built things and use saws. But a building is no different than a human in that it's a live breathing ecology with many interplay between roofs and, and building materials and airflow and so on and so forth. So I started with Dr. Shoemaker and I screwed up so many things in regards to how to get the labs in your office, how to, how to treat Marcons, what can functional medicine do, what can't functional medicine do, and everything in between. It took us about 18 to 24 months, and that's the birthing of SIRS-X. We really want to help create a more turnkey experience for doctors who want to take on this illness, and I promise you this illness is in your office. Oh, 100%. And, and what functional medicine does is it takes a SERS patient from an F to a C, right? Mm -hmm. And I, and in that scene, as a guy who loves and teaches functional medicine, I call it the functional medicine hook. The patient's going to come back for more because you're the best 
thing that happened so far for the patient. Right, right. But and 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 dealing with inflammation gets some credit, but if you don't address the underlying causes, you mm-hmm. don't go from an F to an A of this professional patient has now graduated the healthcare system with a reasonable quality of life and needs you on a rainy day. Right. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what Roots and Branch is about. I, I hate codependency. Right. Yeah. We, we, we know how to do primary care, but we don't do it. Go get your gyne exam. Go get your strep swab from from your PCP. They're good at that. They know what they're doing. We're here to solve and resolve cases. And SIRS is the number one underlying cause of mystery illness in mm. 20 years of clinical practice for me. So I'm mm-hmm. not mold happy. There's only one person I know that's less mold happy than me, and that's Dr. Richie Shoemaker himself. And that's mm-hmm. because there's a strict diagnostic criteria of should I be evaluating this? And then the peer-reviewed published reproducible labs come back and say, it is or it is not SIRS. Mm-hmm. And then the reproducible published Shoemaker protocol um, works every time. I have never had the Shoemaker protocol fail a patient, not once. Wow. People who don't get better are still stuck on step one, still in biotoxin exposure. Mm-hmm. And when you QPCR and next generation sequencing, basically crime scene investigation for bacterial endotoxin or sewer gas, poop, uh, broken septic systems, uh, actinomycetes, water damage building bacteria dressers or water damage building molds. We use crime scene investigation for those say, nope, you're still there. And, mm-hmm. and, and no building ever gets sterile. I want to be clear about that. It's about getting to a statistical published threshold of this is where your immunoreactivity turns off. And your right. hypothalamus pituitary body can can reconnect. So, mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of how we got here. And ten years later, um, there's like 25 of us who really know, understand, and and stay sturdy and honest to Dr. Shoemaker's work, and relentlessly provide that care for eight billion people on the planet. There's mm-hmm. no way we can reach all of them. We need about 10,000 providers to be proficient at SIRS. And we need about a million healthcare workers to be screening for SIRS. We need every acupuncturist, we need every DC, every neurology nurse to know how to do a visual contrast sensitivity and check cluster symptoms and ask, have you ever been in a water damage building? Have you ever eaten uh, seafood and gotten diarrhea or th- those kind of simple questions that you can embed on your mm-hmm. new patient paperwork? So, so that's what yeah. we're trying to do. So for practitioners listening that they're like, okay, that's a lot for me to start treating it. They can probably start screening for it, right? And then refer to someone who can yes. actually treat it. So that's the yes. VCS, that's a visual, what'd you say? The visual, visual contrast sensitivity. Contrast sensitivity, which is on survivingmold.com. Yep. It's uh, having them test their house. It's uh, what would be other tests they could do to then refer out? What would be other? When you, and there's a free VCS online and I have no like judgment on who they are or whatever. That is not the one that was used in the peer reviewed research. So as Mm -hmm. a doctor who's has chronically ill relying on me, I never bait and switch research. So the the VCS costs about 10 or 15 bucks on, um, on surviving mold. And through Dr. Shoemaker, I I probably learned this in, in ophthalmology, but the, the, there's seven versions of vision. And when we look at that Schnellen card and do the I, E, G, Z, I test, that's uh, visual acuity. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm wearing glasses because my near vision is losing acuity. The, the, and, and you wear your glasses when you're taking the visual contrast. If you have corrective lenses, you wear them. If you have your computer screen on full brightness. You're not trying to fake yourself out in a well-lit room and you snip an 18 inch piece of yarn 
mm-hmm. and you cover one eye and you hold the yarn 18 inches from your computer screen and then you cover the other eye and hold it 18 inches and you're looking at contrast which is blurred lines you're looking for the difference of blurred lines and if you can see deep into the blurred lines they get more and more and more and more faint your optic nerve is not inflamed and you have good visual contrast. And that's what mm. happens when you're not in biotoxin exposure. When you're in biotoxin exposure, you can't see deep into the blurred lines. And this was first figured out. There's two major Air Force bases, Colorado Springs, which is our neighbor, and then Ohio. And it was a, a MD at the Air Force base that was using visual contrast to see who would make a good pilot. Mm-hmm. Because we, before we had a lot of our fighter planes automated, it was, can I see gray and silver clouds? Top Gun style, right? And then Kenneth Hudnell was a PhD who realized people fail visual contrast when they eat seafood toxin, when they eat ciguatera or fisteria. And then they realized, oh, if you recreate or sniff in algae bloom, cyanobacteria, uh, if your if your lake looks like Shrek's backyard pond, mm-hmm. Lake Erie, you guys know you've had some cyanobacteria issues in Lake Tahoe. Uh, big deal because real estate goes down when cyanobacteria issues go up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later, mold, Lyme, and co-infection, recluse spider venom, actinomycetes, and and sewer gas, all trigger cytokine storms that inflame your optic nerve. Complement four A goes the first, and then you can't see contrast. So mm-hmm. this is a real good um poor person's tool in quotes you know to say am i in exposure or not am i imagining that i feel brain fog fatigue and a headache or did i lose my ability to see visual contrast Mm -hmm. and we use the vcs a lot to in addition with testing uh qpcr swiffer tests to say yeah this place is good enough for you Right. Because, again, it's not about buildings ever being sterile. They'll never be sterile. It's about getting them to a statistical level of of your immunoreactivity is likely to turn off. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the environbiomics, right? I think you guys yeah, like so number we, seven on there. Yeah. So we use two companies. Again, no financial relationships or kickback. Mycometrics.com, which is Kinte, a wonderful uh, microbiologist out of New Jersey. It's phenomenal for the ERMI, the Environment Relative Moldiness Index. And I tell people, get the ERMI if you're planning on entering a lawsuit or trying to break a lease because it has lots of water damage building molds or the hurts me. And what the hurts me is, is it takes the five most immunoreactive molds off the ERMI. And that's Aspergillus penicillioides, Aspergillus versicolor, Ketomium, the infamous Stachybotrys, Mm-hmm. and walemia. And those were the most immunoreactive in Dr. Shoemaker's SERS patients. And he created a roster called the Hurts Me. And that's Dr. Shoemaker's humor. He makes an acronym that says it hurts me, uh, but it really stands for health effects, roster type species, mycotoxins, and inflammagens. So he got that in there, right? And that is the only, I repeat, the only peer-reviewed published roster score, scoreboard, to predict statistical likelihood of a patient with chronic inflammatory response syndrome, secondary to water damage building molds is going to get better in that building. And that hurts me score needs to be 10 or less. And if it's above 10, you are statistically likely to stay ill in that mm-hmm. home, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's an art to reading the hurts me, like even if you only have a score of six, but it's coming from stachybotrys, maybe that's not good enough, but that's the only paper. And the reason I say that is these heroic Dr. Wannabe inspectors can come into a home and say, 
Mrs. Smith, your house is fine. I say, how do you know that? Her air samples are clear. Oh, it and drives I, me nuts. Like I get full of rage. Yeah, you, oh. I'm sure you do. And I'm sure you've been perpetrated by, by, mm -hmm. by that community. I actually almost uh, started leasing a huge business space out of that. And fortunately, because I think I have SIRS, my nose is that of a bloodhound. So I can walk into a place and I'm like, nope. So I did my own testing and I was like, you got black mold, but yeah, you can't do just the spore test. Common sense is not so common. We're dealing with really financially constrained patients. We tell them like Dr. McMahon down in Roswell, who Roswell is still a poor County in New Mexico. You go down the, down the road, you go, you need a new roof. You need a new roof. You need a new <laughs> roof. This isn't the OC or Boulder. Right. And he teaches them to use their sniffer a lot and just they become better inspectors than the inspector and and wow. that's because they grind they look under the kitchen cupboards right they 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 push on uh bathroom tiles to see if they're soft and mushy but to your what what you said that rage what i asked them because i think a lot of it is 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 non-malicious they, sure. they they don't they want to tell people what they want to hear mm -hmm. the truth is a pain in the ass yeah that, that in, in the book i'm writing on healthcare, that is literally a chapter of the book. The truth is a pain in the ass, right? Mm -hmm. If anything is too easy to get you out of chronic illness, you just need to hook up for some IVs and you're all good or take some turmeric. Those can be uh, 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 tonify therapy and make people feel better. But the truth of underlying causes is hard work. And you look at that inspector and you say, hey, can you get me that paper on what level of air sample has been published to be statistically likely I'm going to heal in this building? crickets what right. level of tape lift test what level of emma there is none emma it's yeah. it's it's calculating a hurts me off an ermy or getting just a straight hurts me that mm -hmm. is the only peer-reviewed published paper and that is on surviving mold if you want to see that paper just just put into uh google i always search Sur surviving mold is incredible but it's a little um unorganized so i'll do like surviving space mold hurts me and it'll bring up that paper so, mm -hmm. and, and, and again, that's where, um, again, common sense is not so common. You're going into that building and smelling funky smells and the inspector is telling you the air samples are cleared. It must be good. Air sample is one tool that can bring extra data to a story. I can drill a hole in this wall, air sample this wall cavity, and get some concentrated air. And maybe I can say, hey, there's some stuff behind there. We should pop this wall and do some destructive inspection. But the only peer-reviewed publisher, I only had money for one thing. I was dead broke. It's $150 Hurts Me Swiffer cloth. Mm -hmm. And ideally one for each room. All, uh, excuse me. Ideally, like if you're Oprah, we're doing one for each room. Ideally mm -hmm. one for each floor. But the basement always has to be on its own Hurts Me because it's a total different ecology. It's subterranean. So if I had a three-floor house, it's a basement, a main floor, and an upstairs, and I'm really tight on dough, maybe I'll do a Hurts Me in the basement, and then it Hurts Me on floor one and two. Mm -hmm. Then you have to have an inspector come in and say, where's the moisture? And if you have an inspector that just has this for nine ninety five, you get five air samples. And for me to look under your kitchen sink, that person isn't getting you better. Yeah. Right? And that's where the, the biggest pain in the neck of training new docs for this is you need a good inspector and a good mitigation remediation team that you trust in your area. Mm -hmm. And we trust ours, but they are our mitigation remediation team just has a lot of administrative um, issues. And some of that is just, hey, how do you run your business? The other part is they could be in Mrs. Smith's house. They will not leave until it's done. 
So we thought it was just this wall, mm -hmm. but it winds up being the next six walls. And they expect yeah. it to be there for two weeks. Now they got to be there for six weeks to do it right the first time. Mm -hmm. So just think of what that does to their calendar and delays and the schedules. Right. So, so SIRS X is also about combining doctors with lawyers, with architects, with um, uh, inspectors or indoor environmental contractors, with mitigation remediation teams and health coaches, because we need them all to create the village of SIRS X to mm -hmm. graduate people from this illness and make it a, a disease of the past. The number wow. one thing we could do is build better buildings. Just like you don't need a, a, an ND or a medical doctor in Africa with bad water to keep giving antibiotics. You need water engineers right. to fix the water supply, mm -hmm. right? And then exactly. we, can, we can mop up the leftovers, but so, so that's and it's so hard, right? It's so hard for someone with someone with SIRS, they can't navigate all of those pieces and try to be basically a general contractor, you know, of, of their health and of the building and all of that. So it's so important for these people to, to come together and support them because they truly are sick. I can say firsthand, it, it really is quite debilitating. So, and I, I want to get into the symptoms of it too, and also how it relates to other conditions. Cause my audience is super smart. They've heard every health topic. We've been doing this show for almost 13 years. So they've heard about Epstein-Barr virus and, you know, uh, obviously mold exposure and heavy metals and Lyme and all these things. And a lot of times they get really stuck on, this is the thing that has me sick. But from what I'm learning and hearing from you and experiencing firsthand is that it can be truly a SERS thing. So how can they differentiate that? Maybe someone with like mast cell activation syndrome or multiple chemical sensitivity or electromagnetic hypersensitivity syndrome, right? Like all these different things, how can that relate to SERS? Um, and could SERS be truly the root of all of those things? Yeah. Let's, let's start with um, EBV. So Epstein-Barr virus is a herpes family virus. So is cytomegalovirus, so is human herpes 6, so is varicella, which is chicken pox or shingles, so is HSV-1 and HSV-2. I will self-disclose that I have HSV-1. When I was in SIRS, I would get 11 to 12 oral cold sore herpes outbreaks a year. Mm -hmm. Once I treated my SIRS, I get zero to one a year. And when I do, I earn them. It's like I'll teach for Apex one weekend, see five days of patients, sneak in three basketball and a parkour, witnessing of my sons get back on the plane. I'll, I'll work like 19 days in a row. Right. And, and here comes little fester on my lip. Right. Um, I earned that. I was privileged to serve predominantly the gay male population during the HIV crisis in Seattle um, when HIV was progressing to AIDS in, in some of those men, and we didn't have high quality antiretroviral drugs yet. And that's when I first started understanding herpes family viruses. The herpes family viruses, Epstein-Barr, they're always secondary. They're mm -hmm. always secondary. They are never the true primary underlying cause. And when you have, we were having HIV men dying of a freaking uh, herpes outbreak because the HIV was assassinating the CD4 cell and they couldn't get a coordinated organized response. Mm. Chemotherapy would be another example of that. SIRS is a less, in, less fatal, but no less life corrupting example of that. So when we treat the SIRS, the, the, the herpes outbreaks dramatically reduce to go away. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so where Epstein-Barr virus and cytomegalovirus can be interesting is for SIRS first comes the genes. So you, you fail your VCS and about 50% of SIRS patients fail VCS, 5% of healthy controls. 
So I passed VCS through my entire SERS. So not everyone fails it, but mm -hmm. if you fail it, then we have a great tool to track you. And usually right. you start passing it once you're in clean building and you took enough well-called cholestyramine to take biotoxins to the toilet, your immune reactivity comes down. It's not a disease of toxicity. It's a disease of immune reactivity. It's the inflammation that's destroying your body and creating multi-system, multi-symptom illness, right? So, so about 50% fail at, and then you have genes on chromosome six for mom and dad called HLA, just like um, celiac and type one diabetes and Hashimoto's. 79% of Hashimoto's patients have genetic predisposition on HLA for Hashimoto's. So I'm not anti-MTHFR, but all my chronic illness patients are based on inflammation. So shouldn't we really be putting the energy into HLA on chromosome six, the inflammatory genes, uh, ankylosing spondylosis, uh, um, uh, psoriatic arthritis, these all have an inflammatory predisposition. So you're born with the gene and you're in the moldy building. How many bong hits of moldy building do you need before you wake up SIRS, right? Just like celiac, you don't take one bite of gluten and turn on celiac, right? We now know from celiac, it's, it's having the genetic predisposition with low vitamin D, with you have to eat the gluten. And then there was usually a cold or a flu that then was the final straw that woke up the celiac and confused mm -hmm. immune responses to attack your intestinal lining. Similar to SIRS, Dr. Shoemaker realized they got the genes, they're in the exposure, then they got a cold or a flu, and that woke up the cytokine storm. I'm one of many doctors who published a paper with Dr. Shoemaker on 19 patients that were totally fine living in actinomycetes, that's water damage building bacteria, or endotoxin, which is sewer gas issues, and they were fine. They get COVID, they didn't die of COVID, they didn't want to be in the morgue, but now they're long haulers. And what we mm -hmm. proved in that paper of 19 that needs to be way more is that uh, COVID long haulers are SIRS. And I was one, five of those 19 are from my clinic and I'm one of the 19 patients. And I went back into SIRS after I got alpha variant June, 2020 of COVID. And I did the Shoemaker protocol. I had relatively clean buildings. I had a little bit of actinomyces clean up in my home. My office is brand new and awesome and fine. Thank God. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I quickly graduated through the Shoemaker protocol and through long hauling. And, and, and so there's always a priming event. So where Epstein-Barr virus could be involved in SIRS is it can wake it up. Mm. But then people go chasing Epstein-Barr. And no, it's the Shoemaker protocol that's going to graduate you. Mm -hmm. right, so. so what would be like a quick graduation versus like a longer one? What's kind of a range that you guys tend to see? I always daydream that Oprah might hear this podcast, the O and the low. That's how I see it. And then she's going to bring me back to the 80s when she used to say, look under your chair, a free new build, clean home. Yeah. If we had that. Assuming get, that's the case. Yeah. That that's the case, right? Because step one, remove patient from biotox exposures. Why no doctors want to touch this illness. It's a pain in the ass. You're calling inspectors and mitigators on the way home every day saying, dude, you got to make sure you finish that for Mrs. Smith. And this was missed. Now. Mm. And, 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 and if we get the building right, it's about a six week to six month experience. We've seen about a thousand biotoxin ill, 500 have had major graduation. 500 that I've diagnosed with SIRS seven years ago are still sick because they're still dealing with the building exposure. Mm -hmm. And whether that's finances or a husband who thinks SIRS is SMERS uh, or whatever mm -hmm. the, the, the complexities of human beings. But if I get someone with grit and agency who is ready 
and they know we are a no nonsense. I'm not going to muscle test you. I'm not going to do any. I'm here to differential diagnose and hardcore find the underlying causes. And it winds up being SIRS and they're ready to go to put the resources on the buildings. They're going to get rid of those porous couches. They're, they're going to take photographs of their kids' paperwork from kindergarten and, or, or they're going to put it in a plastic tub in a storage unit um, and, and save it for a rainy day. If we can get them out of exposure, it's six weeks to six months. Pop, 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 pop. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes the constipation or a little bit of gastritis, those are the two major side effects, cholestyramine or, or alcohol, which we have a full nutrition staff for a myriad of reasons. But one of them is to prepare the gut to handle well-called cholestyramine. And then you need to be on 14 days of high-dose fish oil before you start CSM well-call to make sure your immune system doesn't react when biotoxins start getting pulled to the liver. These are ionophores that don't need the bloodstream. They just walk through walls. They can go cell to cell right to your liver. They're in your neurons, they're in your fat cells. Take that high-dose fish oil and say, hey, immune system, when those biotoxins start mobilizing, just be cool. Everyone calls that a Herxheimer die-off. Nothing's dying. It's an intensification reaction. That's the proper nomenclature because mm -hmm. it's your immune system going biotoxin moving, ah! <laughs> and that's matrix metalloproteinase nine complement four A and and TGF beta one the three inflammatory cytokines that you look to see did SIRS get turned on or did we have an intensification and that can absolutely happen that's why sometimes it's four thousand two hundred milligrams of EPA DHA to for two weeks before you start well called cholestyramine. If, if patients having intensification, we'll go up to six, seven, eight grams of fish oil during a Marcon's kill, the stubborn staph infection that can colonize. We'll go up to six, seven, eight grams to tell the immune system, yo, be cool. We're just trying to take these dead cell wall fragments from this biotoxin forming organism called Marcon's to the liver to get it through the gallbladder and to the intestines to have the garbage truck, cholestyramine well call, not zeolite, not Ben like clay, not activated charcoal. I'm the naturopath. Mm -hmm. I want natural things to work. It's organic chemistry, quaternary ammonium, Questran, well call, cholestyramine, cholestopol, cholestyramine. Those are all the same uh, names for the same biochemistry, organic chemistry. That garbage truck picks up that biotoxin laden bile, takes it to the toilet, and we just got a little better. And day by day, poop by poop, brick by brick, row by row, <laughs> all of a sudden you remove the biotoxin that's triggering the immunoreactivity. And then the immunoreactivity comes down and you're no longer in chronic inflammatory responses, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and then all of a sudden your brain goes, whoa, that was a hell of a hangover. Right, which clears up brain fog, depression, anxiety. I, I know you've talked about uh, stubborn weight loss, people who are not fat, they're inflamed, right? And they're yes. putting on adipose tissue as a result. Yes. Um, rashes, neurological symptoms, pain, chronic pain. I mean, these are all symptoms of SIRS. I have a question before we get a little bit more into the symptoms and then we'll uh, wrap up. I, uh, does everyone who have everyone who has SIRS have all of them had a biotoxin illness or is it ever from something else? Yeah. So if it is SIRS, it is strictly triggered by biotoxin. Bio okay. means nature, like ology. The study of bio is, is the study of nature, biology, and toxins just toxins. So I'm glad you asked that for your listeners, because we're not talking about um, 
evil companies dumping mercury into clean Colorado rivers. We're talking about nature toxins and they are 500 Daltons or smaller in weight botulism because people have asked when I get injected with Botox, am I getting injected with a biotoxin? Even though that is a biotoxin, it doesn't fit the molecular weight to mm -hmm. trigger SIRS. So 500 Daltons is tiny, 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 tiny. And again, the, the, the five big peer-reviewed published ones are seafood toxin, um, Fisteria from the Chesapeake Bay. Puerto Ricans know what ciguatera is. They'll say, hey, hey, we like you, Gringo. Don't eat that. That, that we just had a cigua bloom. Don't, don't eat that, right? So seafood toxin, uh, cyanobacteria. We're going to have Dr. Stommel, a MD, PhD from Dartmouth, who's collecting brains, nails, hair, skin from ALS patients who are having, uh, he's seeing higher ALS rates from people who live and recreate around cyanobacteria um, uh, watersheds. Mm -hmm. So um, he's seeing the toxin, Dr. Shoemaker is seeing the immunoreactivity of the toxin, We're trying to get Dr. St Elijah Stommel's work. You look him up, Elijah Stommel, cyanobacteria with Dr. Shoemaker's work. So we can get these two geniuses together. So we might have something for ALS. So we might have something for Parkinson's because those are neuroinflammatory diseases. Some of them are based in SIRS, right? So, so the mm -hmm. cyanobacteria, Lyme tick and co-infection inject a toxin. That's not Dr. Shoemaker. That's Donta et al. discovered Lyme. You don't just kill the Lyme. That's the biggest mistake in Lyme care is yeah. you get IV antibiotics, Recef, Interdoxy, orally, whatever, but you forget the well-called cholestyramine to remove the immunoreactivity driving post-Lyme syndrome. Mm -hmm. uh, recluse spider venom, very similar thing. You might take Keflex for a necrotizing spider lesion, but now you're all neuroinflamed and you can't find your keys. You needed the cholestyramine well-called to remove that uh, recluse spider venom to the toilet. And then the building issues, which is the biggest thing we deal with. Water damage building molds, uh, water damage building actinomycetes or bacteria, and then uh, poopy, sewer mm -hmm. gas, uh, shit, caca, stool. You yeah. got that old dog. We have patients who have like an old dog that, you know, who am I to say, but maybe the dog should have been put down six months ago. And it's like all neurological and it keeps pooping in the corner. For some reason, mom tends to clean this up. She's got certain, she's just sniffing bacterial endotoxin. Right. I have I have questions about memory care homes where our our senior seniors are sitting around in poopy diapers. Right. right. Maybe there is a reason for a diaper pail. And I wasn't just getting ripped off by buying two thousand dollars worth of baby gear <laughs> to, to raise a kid, <laughs> you know, but those are the big um, peer reviewed published known biotoxins. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Super interesting. Um, Okay. Well, any other symptoms that people may deal with that we haven't talked about? So someone listening who may yeah. suspect this could be an issue for them. Yeah. So when you go through those clustered symptoms, it's 37 symptoms arranged into 13 groups and uh, half of them are neurological, mm -hmm. right? Word finding ability, uh, focus concentration issues, um, tingling, numbness, uh, and then there's, it's a multi-system, multi-symptom illness, abdominal pain, um, uh, um, headaches, light sensitivity is a huge surge symptom. Mm -hmm. The symptoms that frequent urinations on there, uh, the two symptoms I'd like to be on there that would most likely be statistically significant. So Dr. Shoemaker made that list because 30 to 40% of his 10,000 SIRS biotoxin ill patients had those symptoms, mm -hmm. 500. So remember you are eight out of 13 clusters to move forward with the labs for an adult, less than 11 at six out of 10. Kids don't need as many symptoms. They have a lot of vitality that's fighting 
um, for their right to, to party in life, right? <laughs> um, but, but the healthy controls said yes to three out of 37 symptoms. So who's not going to say yes to fatigue when you're a healthy person, but you're right. up with your kid and their earache? Who might not have be a healthy person, but they got a little lumbar subluxation. They have a little tingling down their right leg. So mm -hmm. it's dramatically statistically significant between the healthy control population, which was 500 healthy people that Dr. Shoemaker had the blood on and then versus the 10,000 biotoxin ill. Tinnitus should be on that list in my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. We have so many patients who I trust wholeheartedly. They're not woo-woo patients. They're like, and I love my woo-woo patients, but they're just, they're just these hardcore down-to-earth engineering brain people who are like, I go into the building and I get ringing of the ears, right? Neuroinflammation. If you get light sensitivity from flaring the optic nerve, why wouldn't you get uh, tinnitus from flaring the vestibular cochlear cranial nerve right. that feeds the ear? And the other one is bedwetting. If you have a kid who there's not funny business, sexual abuse, they don't have UTI, um, they're not getting hit or something like that, and they are out of daytime diapers, but they keep wetting the bed. SIRS yeah. crashes a hormone called antidiuretic hormone, which is anti-peeing hormone, and they will have accidents. I, I see a 15-year-old who, thank God, is no longer having accidents, but he couldn't do sleepovers in his tweeners and early teen years because he would piss the bed at friend's house sober. He's not, they're not like doing keg stands yeah. for five minutes oh, and he drank too much. And it's because of SIRS. You know how good it felt as a diagnostician to tell this young man, there's no shame or blame here, brother. You yeah. just had corrupted biochemistry and this is over. And I could say that with authority because the labs came back and he was confirmed SIRS mm -hmm. and his hypothalamus pituitary is going to start releasing desmopressin or antidiuretic hormone again, anti-peeing hormone. So when he drinks water, his body holds onto water instead of being dehydrated beef jerky muscles with hypovolemic <laughs> dehydration headaches and shocking uh, uh, doors and lamps, static shocks because salt rises to the to the skin when you have ADHD dehydration and you become Benjamin Franklin's key on a kite lightning rod, right? And these people like pee themselves to death. They're just mm -hmm. constantly dehydrated. So frequent thirst, frequent urination, but that spills into bedwetting. And when you can't explain that, it's like, it's a lovely family. Like be really weird. If someone was perpetrating this kid, I can't figure it out. You got to think of SIRS. Mm -hmm. So, so we really put SIRS on your differential diagnosis for almost for, for the majority of symptoms a human being can experience because inflammation knows no boundaries. It, it can mess up your musculoskeletal system, your neurological system, your gastrointestinal system, your bladder, your reproductive system. It can cause miscarriage and infertility. And that doesn't mean everyone has SIRS. It means you have to be thinking about it, right? If you stack a severe hypothyroid next to a severe reactive hypoglycemia, next to a severe type two diabetic, next to a severe apnea, next to a severe SIRS, there's like 50 to 70% overlap in symptoms. And that's what you're supposed to figure out as a diagnostician. Which ones is it so we don't waste time, money, and energy graduating this patient back into society? We need mm -hmm. you. We need people to create and solve problems and pay taxes. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm practicing until 80, so I don't, even, I don't even worry about Social Security, right? But, but we need our society to feel functional and whole again. You know, it's, it's, I'm sick of this, you know, blue, red, blah, 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 all this stuff. It's like, it's a lot of that's just neuroinflamed, agitated brains. Right. They're <laughs> just sick and they get a quick dopamine hit off of a fight rather than a long dopamine hit off solving problems together.
Mm. You know, it serves, takes down families, it takes down marriages, it takes down churches, it takes down communities, it it takes down schools, it takes down friends, you know, it's 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 and 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 it's because of the integrity problem we have in America. We don't have a Republican mm -hmm. or Democrat problem, we have an integrity problem, and you're gonna see it in construction practices first and foremost, and then you're gonna see it in healthcare. Why mm -hmm. aren't you working to diagnose me? Yes. Right? With, with why I have, not what I have. So those are the symptoms we really think about. Uh, huh. But when people ask, do you get, do you get static shocks? They're like, what are you a wizard? A witch? Yeah. <laughs> like, who am I seeing? I'm like, no, you crash your ADH, you go hypovolemic salt, sodium rises to your skin. You have all these plus signs. Now on the top of your skin, you become a lightning rod. Mm -hmm. Right. Not everyone gets static shock, but, but, but people say, oh, I thought it was because I wear uh, slippers in my, in my fuzzy carpet. Yes. Yeah, right. so if, if your only symptom on the cluster symptoms list is static shock, but if it's that with brain fog, word, word recall, all those other focus countries, and then maybe we have SIRS, maybe. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. It's so, so good. So different from, from what is uh, taught in medical schools and, you know, even functional medicine, naturopathic doctors, there are very competent, very smart doctors that aren't looking at this. So I'm so grateful. And for any of you healthcare practitioners, or even just general public, if you want to learn more about this, definitely check out Dr. Dorninger's event. It's um, SIRSX. So it's C-I-R-S-X.com. It's uh, coming up in, can you remind me of the dates? We are uh, July 13th to 16th, okay, July 13th, perfect. Thursday. We're kicking off with a reception where I'm really going to try and drop a heartfelt intro to it's time for us to come together and heal healthcare. Yeah. And, and serves is a big part of that. It's not the only part of that. Why does it take my, my patient with severe apnea to get, to take three months to get into a sleep clinic, to get a CPAP, to take, then wait six months to get the actual machine and they have to buy a refurbished one on the black markets, so, you know, like it's such a mess. Yeah, it really um, is. We're going to kick it off Thursday night. Um, we have Lori Mishley, most likely speaking on uh, Parkinson's because we're discovering actinomycetes as a potential driver and underlying cause of Parkinson's disease. We might be figuring that out. We have Dr. Stommel on cyanobacteria and ALS. We have Ming Dooley talking about how to build a sirewall house, the coolest building you could ever make. Everyone should build a sirewall in their lifetime. Build smaller and better. Don't spend all your money on all that square footage. More money, more problems. No, more square footage, more problems. Build a nice home. We, have, we of course, have um, a lot of our great sponsors supporting us, Air Oasis and um, Apex will be there. Um, but, but the name of the game is inflammation hunting, inflammation killing. And mm -hmm. if SIRS is a hole in your game like it was for mine, and I joke that I do SIRS by divine mandate, I'm a dreaded gene who married a dreaded gene, who made a dreaded gene baby, who made a double dreaded gene baby, and we we're all sick. And if I didn't, I had to learn this illness or my yep. family was toast and I'd probably be divorced and my kids would be with tutors and so on and so forth. If SIRS is a hole in your game, we need to see it at SIRSX.com. Uh, you can re-listen to this podcast, drdorninger.com. I did a couple old podcasts, A Fungus Among Us, Is Your Building uh, Making You Sick? 
and stay on track. Urinary mycotoxins has no diagnostic value for CIRS. Maybe someday it'll mean something, but you can't diagnose SIRS through urinary mycotoxins. Mm -hmm. It is through VCS, clustered symptoms, uh, history of biotoxin exposure that triggers, yes, I should proceed with the labs. You can do labs, surviving dash mold and see all those labs. And then you confirm, yes, you is, or no, you isn't. And then it's a shoemaker protocol or a shoemaker protocol only that is going to graduate the chronically ill suffering from service. Love it. Good summary of all of that. It's awesome. Well, doc, I am glad you went through what you did. Sorry you did, but obviously you're paying it forward and really understanding when people see a doctor who's been through it, it's a night and day different experience. So I think that's amazing. And I'm now calling you a dope dealer. I mean, hope dealer because truly it gives people hope um, where they didn't have it before. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you do, for the teaching that you do. Um, and for those who want to get some help in this area, you can check out Roots and Branches. Um, that's Dr. Joininger's clinic in Colorado. And uh, check out sirzex.com. And thank you again on behalf of all the listeners and myself. Really appreciate your time. Right back at you, Dr. Lowe. Thank you. Happy to help. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Lowe Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.